0: That's joinMIDI.com.
1: It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this for February 29th, 2024. For the next hour or so, let me help you sort through the world of gaming on Game Mess Mornings Live with me, Jeff Grubb. Today, the only constant in the video game industry is that things always change. But first, please join me. In welcoming today's co host, The Game Mess Mornings, it's Sean Turbo Sean McDowell. Sean, how are you doing? I'm cold. It's very
2: cold, <laughs> Jeff. I don't like the cold. It was warm here and then it's cold and then it's going to be warm over the weekend, too. I don't know what's going on anymore, man. It's, uh, I'm the exact opposite. A meteors
1: it- falling outside. I don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah, it's all happening. I, uh, it was, well, not the exact opposite, like everything except for. It was warm, and then it got cold, and I was relieved because I prefer the cold. So it was like, okay, we're going mm. back to a little bit of cold weather. Although it, it was pervert. very strange. Yeah, I'm definitely a pervert about it. Yeah. Uh, it's no, it, it's it's was like shockingly cold though. I was not expecting that. Uh, it yeah, it was like me. two
2: degrees yesterday. Yeah, here, like Midwest sucks. Don't. Yeah, so I got the kid off down. the bus,
1: and that's why we're doing the show late. Steph's uh, uh, out of town, I guess, and so. I had to get Addie off the bus. I'm like, I don't want to, like, stop the show in the middle and go, like, wait. So it's like uh, hers is a little bit random. It could get here 1130, could get here 1145. So I'm like, I'll just we'll just postpone the show. So we're doing the show a little bit late today if you're watching live. If you're on feeds later, you probably won't even notice. So why did I even bring it up? Who, who cares? Um <laughs> It's, uh hey, games industry, more bad news. And we're going to get into all of it here in a little bit. But, boy, it is a real bummer out there. Yeah, I'm scrolling down. I,
2: I didn't look at the um, the rundown yet. Boy, <laughs> you're in for a doozy day, everyone. You're oh, in we'll, for a,
1: doozy. Yeah. we'll
2: do what we can to get you through this.
1: Uh, let's explain what we do here. Most weekdays, I, Jeff Grubb, will help, exp- will help explain what we do here. We'll help piece your gaming life back together. That includes breaking news and maybe even some of our own original reporting. For all these topics, I'll get the input of a bona fide expert who will make me look smart. If you are watching live on Twitch, welcome. You can always listen to the show later on podcast feeds by searching for Game Mess Warnings or find the RSS on GiantBomb.com. You can also catch the show later with chapters and timestamps on YouTube. Hello, Hello, YouTube. YouTube. All right, we have a lot to get into, so let's start the morning mess with EA is laying off around 670 people, sunsetting unspecified games. We got oh, a little wow. more specificity there. We'll get into that as well. This comes from George Yang at GameSpot. Electronic Arts has announced that it will be laying off 5% of its staff or around 670 people. Um, let's stop there. That is kind of so far because many of those employees are go- uh, that they're also going to lay off later are in like the consultation period in other countries where they have legally have to do that. And so oh more will probably be coming after uh, the, the end of the fiscal year. So around April, May, more people will, will be joining the six, 670. It probably will be closer to 8%. By the time they're done, and this is on top of them laying off like 6% of their staff last year. Uh, the company will also start sunsetting an unspecified number of games and move away from developing certain licensed IP games. Um, EA explained that it does not believe that, that some future licensed IP would be successful in our changing industry. Sean, the whiplash, man. The absolute whiplash. Because it's like, these companies... What? And Let's be clear. I was hearing it out of EA. EA is the company that was like the reason we're investing in star Wars and Marvel still is because it's really expensive to make our own IP and it's really risky. Yeah. So we're going to go out there and license these IP months later. They're like, that shit doesn't work. It is. Uh, it's rough out there. Um, okay. 670 people more losing their jobs. This joins a, a growing number that is fast approaching 10,000 people laid out this year. If it's not already there, um, it's not even March yet, Jeff. It's, what the fuck? It's Yes, it's not. It, tomorrow will be March. So, yes, we're just two months into the year. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, it feels like uh, if you are someone who is trying to get in this industry to make games, I don't know what to tell you. If you're someone who's been in this industry making games, uh, I, I think there, there, I'm, we're going to be waiting to hear from a lot of these people like what it's actually like. But all of them already mostly seem very discouraged. Uh and I, we'll get into like why this is happening as we always do when we talk about these stories, but what's your initial reaction?
2: My initial reaction is this fucking sucks. I saw this, uh, what come in last night was it, that uh, that the news broke, and I just the the first thing I thought to myself, Jeff, was we have to be running out of companies that can be making cuts at this point, right? Like uh-huh. surely this will slow down at some point, but it feels like legitimately every or every other day we hear more and more of these layoff reports happening it's always a staggering number of people i hate it
1: yeah it's um i, I on yesterday's show we talked about um the layoffs and i said I, i've been hearing that more were coming and i didn't know who it was i've heard yeah. now these these were the layoffs that i was hearing murmurs about um mm. it was coming out of ea uh and now I'm, what I, what i do here is hey i the, the sources that i've tapped for this sort of information haven't heard about any more. And then immediately after that, I got a different sources. Like yeah, another company's maybe having some problems. So we'll cool. see it's uh, uh, it, it, clearly we're not through it. Clearly there will be more problems going forward. We just talked about how, you know, they're going to get through the consultation period and probably like more, more people go here at, at EA. Um, this has led a lot of people to be like, what is happening in the industry? Is this a crash? And, and, you know, I had a thread on Twitter this morning, trying to explain like, let's, let's be clear what's happening. This is not a crash. A crash implies a industry-wide recession, that the industry is making less money than it was making before. People are spending less money on this hobby than they have before. And all indicators suggest that is not happening. If anything, people are spending more money. It's just mostly a shift that these companies were either unprepared for or, or mi- like misappropriated funds when they were trying to figure out like how to capitalize on it going forward. And they are looking for that quarterly growth. It's like such a... Frustrating, mundane, boring, and like casually evil answer. That's like, oh, these people mm-hmm. got laid off because these companies are literally just worried about the very next quarter. They're not worried about long term growth. They're not worried about uh, keeping the people that make the games happy. It is just this very next quarter that they're they're worried about because previous to this, they were getting growth. All these companies were getting growth either by acquiring studios or using a lot of uh, borrowing a lot of money for very cheap. To make a lot of big bets and that enabled them to you know get some growth here or there and it's like okay we got, we're setting ourselves up for the future and now all of that stuff has been kind of taken off the table because capital is very expensive borrowing money is very expensive we talk about that a lot that's still true it's more true than ever um and these companies are like looking around like hey but we are not seeing like organic growth from a ton of new people coming into the spaces where we typically sell games and so how do we get growth well we're gonna cut our costs and we're going to have fewer people that we're going to pay, and that's where mm-hmm. the "quote unquote" growth is going to come from. And when investors see that, they're like, "Yay, that's great! That's what we like." They see that, more green, yeah, yeah. That, and it's that it's that simple and that frustrating. And so, like, it, it's not like, oh, the fewer people are interested in games. That's just not happening. Everything else is no, working. It's the opposite, yeah. And it's um. I mean, the, 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 there are obviously market shifts. We talked about AAA gaming being unsustainable. That is definitely still true. Um, and yet, at the same time, many of these games do come along and sell very, very well. Uh, I, I don't know necessarily know what to tell people to like to get like to be like, oh, hey, this is all sunshine and rainbows. No, that's not what we're saying. It's just not some market force coming down from on high and forcing these companies into this scenario. It is this doing them. They're doing this to themselves. They are making these decisions and they should own them. It is the executives deciding, hey, we we are prioritizing immediate growth because we're worried about what the stock price is going to do next quarter. And that's it. And I, I don't know what to do about that.
2: Yeah, there's just I mean, it feels like a lot of bad business decisions to me. Uh, namely, y- you want more stuff out the door. So what are you doing? Firing the people who make the stuff.
1: Yes, uh, that's <laughs> and that just, just yeah something I talked about with, the, with the, some sources and they were like, yeah, we're all worried about this, though. We don't get it. Like, so, like some of the, cutting some of these license games at EA, like, it's expensive to pay the license. That's one of sure. the things they are trying to avoid here. But having to, like, give a certain percentage to Disney five years from now is better than having zero revenue coming in because you don't have a game to put out. And that feels like the situation yeah. they're putting themselves in. So I, I don't get it, Sean.
2: Yeah, it, like if you're making, you know, uh, I, I I sorry, I forget which one they would be making, but like an Iron Man game or whatever, like everything's cool. already there. You know what that's going to be, and so like they don't have to they don't have to spend that time and money because time is money in game development. They don't have to spend that on making the original IP. So there's always trade offs and everything. Like they're always figuring this stuff out. It's just things just don't add up, and why don't they add up? Because all they're concerned about is you know looking better to the shareholders and everything. Like we have, uh, I see you have a quote here from Grade A Dumbass CEO Andrew Wilson.
1: Uh, Jeff has has he announced how he's being affected by this at all? Uh, if he has, it would be he would be saying, "I am not affected by this at all." In fact, like yeah, I fact, wonder if, why that is. Well, I mean, if this affects him, it, it's it's only a positive, right? If the stock price goes up, like he gets paid, but usually in stock options so it's a good Mm -hmm. thing for him he's Mm -hmm. encouraged to do this this i mean that's
2: how it is with all this shit like you you see these layoffs and it's like i i I hate to bring it up almost because it sounds like a broken record at this point but it really is like the rich getting richer off the backs of the people at the bottom who are just trying their best to make the art that they love and it's it's frustrating
1: we've been doing this show a long time and uh for now and from the beginning like you'd be like i always see comments like why does capitalism come up on every episode and it's like because it defines everything that is happening in this industry. we We are working within the confines of that system, and it's going to inevitably lead us to situations like this. And so we bring yeah. it up because it it's it's unavoidable. It's in everything. And that makes it sometimes it's hard to see it, which is why we talk about it. And it's the and it's hard to say anything else other than, yeah, here we are yet again uh, because this industry is uh, it c- cannot live outside of that system. And it's like, what alternatives are there, Sean? I, I mean, I'm like, hey, I love the idea of more public funding uh, for video games. I, I either, mean, we're not get $500 million games from the U.S. government.
2: But that's the thing. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe ambition is too high for some yeah. of these things. I see some teams flourishing right now, Jeff. And you know who those teams are? Indies. Yeah. Indies are doing Fantastic right now because smaller team, smaller scope, and they put out something that is smaller in general. And that is the stuff that rises to the top on Steam nowadays and is doing really well. And you get all these gigantic companies trying to chase after that. <laughs> They spend so much money, so much time trying to recreate some success of either a small game or a flash in the pan right. like a Fortnite, you know, these bottled lightning moments. You can't artificially create that and them chasing that and not wanting to take responsibility for their fuck-ups is how we end up in these situations.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think like combining a, a realistic ambition uh, with robust funding from the public would be a really fun and and fantastic alternative in my opinion not a full alternative it doesn't replace the entire industry obviously um at least it doesn't seem like it could but like just starting somewhere like even like canada has a pretty decent subsidy program for a lot of games which is why why a lot of games get made in canada and it's like man it seems like you know just about as many games get made in canada as the united states and the population difference, uh, the the you know the, the size of the economy there. It's like that should not be the case. It should be like oh, America's making that many much more because there's more people and all this stuff. But it's like no, Canada funds a lot of that stuff, and a lot of it is AAA games. Some of it, many of them, are the biggest games in the world. So c- clearly, there is more we could be doing in order to bypass the the pitfalls of capitalism. And if, if this yeah. if this stuff sounds scary to you, I'm I, I just. Well, I, I don't. I, I don't care. Honestly, like we like we are di- diagnosing a real problem that we see before our very eyes. The idea, the benefits of capitalism are supposed to be that people are encouraged to take risks. People are encouraged to take on their own enterprises because that means more options will be in the market and people have more stuff to choose from, and then they could choose the very best one. And that's and all the the money should flow in that direction, and that will encourage even more people to take risks. And we can look on the ground and see that is not happening for a certain subset of video gaming, mostly at the top. And so the system is broken here. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Are there any ways to sort of either deal with it or do we just like, you know, we can just let it fail, I suppose. Uh, and, and, and that's fine too. Uh, there are, there's some reasonable reasons to suggest that, but people are getting hurt and it's usually the people at the bottom, not the people at the top. And so there's more problems worth diagnosing and worth figuring out what can we do about that? And yet... And we just act like it is the course of nature taking its course. oh, nothing to be done about it and uh, it's very, very frustrating that we are here constantly right now, and when we when it feels like man we we if we just thought about this a little bit more, we could be in better situations. I don't expect better from e a and Microsoft and Sony and all these companies. I really don't, so but I do think that there that doesn't mean there's nothing to be done here um the other side of this with the licensed IP games. Um, the thing I've heard is that EA was very excited about not paying FIFA. They're like, man, that rule. I bet. That would that, look for $100 million saved is $100 million earned. And mm-hmm. now they're like looking around like, we should just do this all over the place. And so that has them reconsidering all these things. Now, you know, we'll talk about one of the games they canceled, but they do have actively... In development games, you mentioned like the I think Iron Man. That's, I think that's one of them. Black Panther, uh and yes, yeah, Iron Man and Black Panther. And I think. I'll be a, honest. I
2: started just losing track of how many are. it's all kind studios? of in a fog up there. Even though, like yeah. I, I
1: did some of the reporting on that stuff, it's all fog. Mm-hmm. um And then there's um the, the you know some other Star Wars games, and it's like, man, are these studios concerned about EA losing interest in what they're doing? it I mean, they m- might be contractually obligated, mm-hmm. but. You know, are they not going to renew that contract if even if the game does well because they want to avoid paying the, the uh, licensing fee to these companies? Seems like that might be the case. And it's got to be so frustrating for these teams because they almost certainly have spent the last couple of years coming up with pitches uh, with that involve IP because that's what EA wanted to make. That's what they wanted to hear and wanted to do because they thought that was the less risky option. And now to have that suddenly change overnight um and be like, all right, now we want original IPs it's what you we've completely deprecated that side of our business. And now you want to go back to it. How are we even supposed to believe that this is going to last and not change as well? Yeah. Right.
2: Like people are people are in working within these companies are trying to balance this all out because it feels like there's a lot of executives who don't understand game development fundamentally i'm not saying everyone's like that but this feels like there's a lot of them making these decisions and they just don't understand you can't just change you know on a whim and why i say that it means like even like within a year or so it's pretty on on a whim for how long it takes to develop a video game like i saw um uh and you retweeted this the other day It's how i saw it but harada was tweeting about uh you know he, he's he been tweeting so much since Tekken a comes yes, out yes. we can't stop that man we can't stop out <laughs> from tweeting but one of the interesting things he tweeted out was how he you know as a high level producer at Bandai Namco how he is seeing more and more people get into executive positions who aren't like him who started as coders as sound designers, etc and so they don't quite understand that like visions for projects and how it takes a lot of time to build these things up. You can't just like chase the new trend that's uh, happening everywhere. Like I mentioned earlier with like indies and everything like that, which by the way, people point out indies are struggling to find funding sometimes too. That's true. Yes. But also you get stuff like, you know, a Bellatro where it's like, you know, a person, or a couple
1: of people. There are games happening in indie gaming all the time. Yes,
2: exactly. Yeah. The, The ones that just like a small team makes a small thing and it takes off. Yes. And you can't these executives are just like, "Well, we need the success. Where's the success? Let's chase the success." And you can't just immediately drop everything that you're doing, like turn about and then go chase that. You need a longer-term plan. And it seems like to me at least there's a lot of chasing trends that's happening and that's why we're ending up in these situations where you have them going, "Okay, let's go with license IP. Oh, the license IP thing didn't work. We need a pivot." And then and then they're looking at the costs and it's like we didn't put out as many games as we thought we would put out, so where are we gonna make cuts? And that's how we end up in this situation.
1: Yeah, and it's um I think it, clearly there is a stagnation in the market that's happening in places that is uh difficult for the industry to deal with. Um, I think there is forecasting looking forward about like, hey, when we look, I mean Matt Piscitella put out that chart of young people not buying as many consoles as gen uh, G- gen z or gen x and and the millennials did um and it's like oh man that's that's maybe a bad sign if they are less willing to buy into these ecosystems that means the 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 games that are primarily making their money through those ecosystems might have less of a chance and i that's definitely all probably true um but that that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of money still going into the industry it is just going into yeah. different places and it's like that That has been true of video gaming from the very beginning. I started up top saying the the one constant in games is that it's always changing. It is Mm -hmm. constantly disrupting itself. And sometimes that is like very violent looking. And it's just, it's exacerbated by these companies that have to prioritize their profits, their quarterly growth, and th- th- they don't care about any of the other things that are happening here. And it makes it all feel like it's coming tumbling down because they are the primary source of these biggest video games. And we just, mm-hmm. it does feel like we are at a point where we need to collectively move past looking to these companies for our entertainment and should be like, like you said, the, the indie space and, and, and a, a variety of other sources. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. All, all up the stack, looking at more like double A things, looking at the smaller games that even triple A studios are putting out, like just recognizing that a video game does not need to look like the last of us. It does not need to look like gears of war. Like g- gaming comes in all forms and like, you can, just look a little harder and you'll find something you like that might, you might not have expected. And the, the pro, part of the problem here, you mentioned, like, the kids not wanting to buy consoles as much nowadays and stuff. Because that's where they're at now. They're on their phones. They're on their tablets. Like, we've talked about how a lot of people don't realize how big mobile gaming is. Actually, stop and think about why mobile gaming would be popular it's because all these kids got their phones already. So yep. why do they play Fortnite on their phones? Why are they playing Call of Duty Mobile? Like, you know, Jan mentioned that uh, his partner has a friend group where they uh, talked about playing Call of Duty, but they didn't mean on their Xboxes and Playstations, they meant Call of Duty Mobile on their phones. Why are they doing it? Because that's the system they got. And, you know, I think uh, us in the hardcore gaming crowd are quick to despairs that. But no, right. that's just a different way of playing. And, like, we can talk till our... <laughs> their lips turn blue about like gotcha and how there's predatory stuff and everything like oh, that. Yeah, for sure. But just, yeah, just the industry is shifting. It's constantly changing, like you said. And I think people just need everyone, everyone just needs to think about things a little bit differently. And that's how we get in situations like Xbox and PlayStation. They're not playing out a ton of games right now. Neither of them are. You've been talking a lot about what PlayStation One, now what? F- Fucking, I don't know because yep. like, what, what are you gonna do with this console install a base? It's still gonna put, take you like six years to put out a freaking game. So like, I don't know. I'm not. I don't have the answers. I'm not claiming to have the answers, but it doesn't mean that I can't look at this and say, well, this isn't the answer. Like all of this right now.
1: Yeah, and it's. uh I think if we kind of move away from like, okay, well, you know, this isn't. I wouldn't define this as a crash. So, so what is it? Clearly, things are collapsing in some parts of the market and it's very if those if that's where you go for gaming uh that that you're you're going to feel that very deeply so i I understand that and when you look at like a, a couple years from now like i think we all believe that there will be fewer games from these companies and that's that is going to yeah. feel very noticeable in a time like coming We're like really just coming out of like hey there used to be an e3 and now there isn't but when there was an e3 it was like big games announced every summer that would come out that holiday. And it's like, that was just a couple of years ago. And now we're in a world where it's like, that feels Well, it feels like impossible. it was just a couple
2: of years ago, but maybe it was a little longer since yeah, I mean, really Yeah, really I mean, I guess
1: in the grand scheme of the industry, like it's still a couple of years ago, you're right. It's a little bit longer than that. But, you know, even like so, counting Summer Game uh, Fest and all that stuff, yeah, it's yeah, like, you know. You know, there's fewer companies participating in that, but there's still some. Uh, But it's like there was a time when it just felt normal for big games, get announced, come out that holiday, and that was how it should be and how it will always be. And now we're going to get like a couple years away from this, and we will be in a a world where these companies are even more afraid to make new games than they have been already, which was very afraid. And that is going to feel, that's going to continue to feel to some people like, hey, something has crashed here. Now, I mean, for me, when, I, when people say crash, like, I think the 1983 video game market crash, and it's the just... The actual crash. <laughs> and it's just nowhere near that. No. I mean, if you are losing interest in spending money in video games, like, that's going to be today's poll question. We're well, like, are you less interested in video games these days? Like, is that really happening? Are you spending more time on other hobbies? I, my hunch here is, broadly, no. I think most people who have been in, into gaming continue to be in gaming, and they're spending about the same, if not more money than they have been uh, over the last several years. It's just, it is probably going into, and this is the other side, this is a stagnation, maybe a lot of that money is going into the same games it's been going into since like 2017. Fortnite, Call of Duty, a handful of other things. Um, And that's its its own problem to solve, I think, but to me that goes back to, we need alternative forms of funding rather than just relying on the whims of publicly traded companies.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, EA is shuttering Marcus Leto's Ridgeline Games with some moving to ripple effect to continue work on Battlefield. This comes from Cat Bailey at IGN. EA is shuttering Ridgeline Games, with studio with the studio co-founded by former Halo developer Marcus Lado, uh, that was tasked with developing the narrative campaign in the next Battlefield. The closure follows words of Lado's departure earlier this week and coincides with a broader restructuring announced earlier today that will see EA lay off some 670 employees amid a shift away from future licensed IPs the work that was begun on the battlefield single player campaign will continue i believe it's moving over to criterion instead um this is you know uh, as we get these layoffs this is another thing we've seen more often than not they also include one or two studio clo- closures that's not yeah. something we were seeing last year last year we'd be like eh, we're laying off 5 to 8 6% people like in the, in that range uh, now this year it's like well we're also laying yeah we're laying off five to of eight percent of our workforce and also we're closing down entire studios um this was a team that like you did get started relatively recently and it just feels like one of those things where these companies are like hey we are we're growing this is where the growth is going to come from and now we don't think we're growing so immediately pull the ripcord and get get a whole studio out of here it's frustrating
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, it just ties into everything we were just talking about there. There's a lot of frustration going on. I I guess, well, on the bright side, it looks like Battlefield's potential return might continue. Yeah. Because uh, 2042, God, I hate their numbering scheme. That game sucked. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm a it Battlefield much. guy. I, I've been playing them since 1942, back in my crappy old PC back in the day. And. Uh, yeah, that game sucks. So, I mean, I, I'm 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 sorry, Jeff. I'm just trying to find a diamond in the rough. somewhere in all this negative news, so yeah,
1: I I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm curious about Battlefield's future all the time. Where it's like, it felt like 2042 was a, a misstep out of the gate for me because I'm like, you are this is your first Battlefield game that you are releasing into a world that now does have several massive free to play shooters that you need to compete with, and you're going to be a $70 game. How is that Mm going to work for you? it's like, I don't know, even if you were a great game, I think that people would have struggled to get over that hump. Obviously, if it's like, like a game that people cannot ignore, people will pay the money. They will show up for it. That does happen, but it's like, man, you do set yourself at a disadvantage. If you're not a free to play shooter in this, in this day and age. Um,
2: And even then people will be critical because Jeff, we've heard people say, Oh, halo infinite is absolute dog shit. And you know, we're like, well, why do you think that the battle Pass is bad? I'm, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, if that's the problem, that. yeah. if that's the problem that games are dealing with these days, yeah, be coming in as a $70 multiplayer only game. That was, that was where you started your problems right there, buddy.
1: Uh, Leto said he's taking time away from games, which is like, seems to be another thing here that uh, a theme we will get into here in a second with another new story uh, where multiple major game creators are kind of talking in similar ways. Uh, the game that was canceled, though, uh, that one of the games that we know was canceled is EA uh, so EA Respawn's Star Wars First-Person oh. Shooter. The thing that was just in the news a couple of weeks ago, I think you might be able to put two and two together there about maybe why that was in the news a couple of weeks ago. Maybe someone at that studio was trying to get excitement out there so that EA wouldn't cancel <laughs> it. Um, this is Andy Robinson of VGC. Electronic Arts has canceled an in-development Star Wars first-person shooter at Respawn, announced in 2022, the first-person shooter game was being held by former LucasArts veteran and Medal of Honor co-creator Peter Hirschman, who previously worked on the original Battlefront games, The Force Unleashed, and more. In a statement published on Wednesday alongside the announcement of nearly 700 company-wide layoffs, EA Entertainment President Lauren Mele Me- 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 uh, said that the, after a review, it had decided Respawn should focus on the on the Jedi and Apex Legends series instead respawns unique unique ability to connect with players and create exceptional game experiences is unrivaled in entertainment as we've looked at respawns portfolio over the last few months what's clear is is the games our players are most excited about are jedi and respawns rich library of owned brands it's because we you fucking haven't let us see the game i bet we'll be very excited about it then Mm -hmm. what are you talking about (laughs) um this sucks. They uh, like, listen, this sucks. We, I think I'm in a part of the grief, grieving period where I've accepted Titanfall three. Isn't going to happen. I haven't. I, I, I can't believe most, you took that away from me, Jeff. <laughs> most people it. haven't. Yeah, I get it. Uh, man, this is, I saw some cool shit about that game. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. I was like, what made it easier is, okay, maybe they could take some of that energy into this project um right. and we could see some of that stuff manifested here like even like that last round of, of rumors you know Tom over at Insider Gaming was reported about it again that like got me thinking about it again it's like I, hey they were talking about making stuff that felt like Hades in Titanfall 3 I hope that comes over here where they're trying to make this high octane shooter in Star Wars where you maybe play as a Mandalorian or something like that with a jet pack, good but they're good at and it all makes sense so like let's get that going and it sounded like that was the road they were going down and you know little tidbits here and there from people who worked on the game and they're just they're really bummed they really oh, liked this man. game they were really excited for people to see it they were they they, they, they like that, that that's the thing i keep hearing and it's like they believed in what they were making because they were playing it and they thought it was very good that's like why are we in a world where the people making the game especially at a studio like respawn that knows how to make a yeah. fucking game why aren't yeah. they getting the chance to see this through? I I know it's two years out. I know it's a lot of money. I know you got to give a lot of money to Disney at the end. But you still get some money. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it, Sean. But also, like,
2: I, I don't know. Someone's not coming to, to me because, yeah, Jedi. Yeah, Apex. Right. Like, throw them a bone. <laughs> like, you, right, you know that they themselves. got the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, you need to do things like this. You need to let the company have a passion project and let them just put out you know something that feels cool and i even that i don't think that's what this game really even is it's like a star wars game that like is going to you you talk about like the gifable moments in games and like how you need to sell a game on that on social media and on tiktok and shorts and stuff like that if if this game is that and it's star wars people would have been like what's that clone trooper doing yo like that is the kind of thing that would have been popping off on the internet so just so much of this doesn't add up to me
1: yeah uh there is still that i can't and i can't remember uh, the name of the director of titanfall one uh offhand uh but he's still at least as far as i'm aware has his skunk works team that is working on a another passion project and he's been kicking it around for quite some time. Uh, I have no idea like where that is on the process. Like, you know, that, that who knows one day that game could get canceled. They're Like that game was in early development, even though it's been in development for years, they spent a lot of time on the prototyping phase at response. So that's how that happens. Um, but this, last I heard that's still happening. So hopefully they okay. uh, they can keep one of their passion projects at the very least. Um, but it did sound like a lot of very excellent creative energy was going into the star Wars first person shooter. Uh, and it's, insane that they are not seeing this one through it's like man ea you like you canceled all those other uh star wars games you figured it out with respawn let them go do their thing and it's like nope even that gets pulled out from underneath them underneath them and it, you know it really is about they look at how much more money it's going to cost to complete that game and they're worried about the profit margins that's really it really is it's like uh, it uh, that's like, all, all this is yeah we yeah, did the, the story on game of Thrones uh, a few months ago maybe last year sometime we like talked about like what a company looks for when they green light a game and it's about ea these these companies it's about 15 percent. obviously the ideal is to have infinite profit margin for a game that just makes money forever and ever and ever right. but generally when they're looking at a game like a single player first person shooter in the star wars genre they want a profit margin of about 15 percent And that becomes harder and harder to come by because of all the cuts that come from licensing the game. But so what? You started it. Let let Respawn make it. This stinks.
2: Yeah, definitely. All
1: right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, a few more headlines. Uh, We'll talk about all that right after this. All right, we're back. And Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake dev Saber Interactive, although I would know them as the Mudrunner dev, uh, escapes (laughs) Embracer in a $500 million deal. This is from Wesley Yinpool at IGN uh, by way of Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake developer Saber Interactive has reportedly left embattled parent company Embracer in a $500 million deal to become a privately owned company. Bloomberg reports the troubled Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake is still in the works, Although question marks remain over whether it will ever come actually come out. And just a reminder, when I heard that game was done, it was by way of like Sony. It's like Sony is pretty much done with that game. Uh, And then I heard quickly after saying that, that there are people at Saber who are still working on the project. What all of this means for that, I think I'm with Jason, who knows if it ever actually comes out, but apparently someone is still working on the game over there. Um, Okay in Novo- in November Embracer CEO Lars Wingefors refused to answer a question about the KOTOR remake uh blah 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 uh this is part of a major restructuring at Embracer which is this is where the industry's at right you, you ever been in a car with a driver that's like never that never coasts they never like let off the gas mm-hmm. they only go it's either gas or brake that's that's what the industry's doing as like as, as, as a whole and it's like this is the most guilty company where Embracer's like Acquire, 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 sell, sell, sell. And there was no period where <laughs> it was just like, let's see what happens with all this stuff we acquired. It's yeah. nuts. Um, they, they're also going to try to sell Gearbox. They are almost certainly going to find someone to sell Gearbox to. Uh, but hey, Saber Interactive is a talented studio with a lot of very, like, it, like they're very engineer focused. They're very good at ports. They did that impossible port of Witcher to to the Switch. Um, so they have the yeah, chops. Yeah, uh, to...
2: Crisis Remastered on Switch, which was that was nutty. Yes, like, it, getting like Svoggy working on the Switch and everything, which
1: is like ray tracing the light. Like that was wild. It's it, it's it's wild, and it's a, it's a studio worth like preserving. And I'm glad that they are able to get out of this saber or get out of this embracer hole. I don't necessarily know what it means for them now to be privately owned in terms of, okay, do they are they going to find someone else to buy them, or are they going to be in major debt now that they're privately owned? There's some question marks surrounding that, but at the very least, I think they are better off now than they were being under Embracer, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, Embracer is just crumbling, like uh, which... Who could have seen this happening, Jeff? Who yeah, could have seen right. that this and when they were just gobbling up all these studios?
1: And we we're like, only every single person here? that ever read a news story about Embracer, yes,
2: yeah, we we're like, what, what are they doing over there? And as it turns out, they didn't know what they were doing over there. They had no plan. They just thought, well, magically, you know, the money's going to come in, right? We're just going to buy all these companies. These companies that make money. We'll make the money. And then they had no plan for like managing them and everything
1: like that. And what happens? The whole plan goes belly up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shocker. It's, uh, yeah, it is uh, like one of the least surprising things that we ended up in this situation. Uh, we begged for Lars of first to tell us what he was thinking all along. Never, ever really said. Turned out it's cause there was no plan. Here we are. Um, yeah. I hope Saber's able to keep going. They, they literally have a, ge- literally have a game coming out this next month with, uh, Mudrunner Expeditions. Um, and I hope that they get a chance to just support that game because so that, that that those games have a huge community; they could sell very well. I hope. Okay, to I was get...
2: gonna ask. Like, yeah, yeah, joking aside, I know you. You know, you're a sicko, yes. and you just I'm absolutely sicko. love them. But how? How do they actually do? Brawl they do.
1: They do very well. They're like one of those games that's like, oh, oh they, they, give like a decent amount of concurrence on Steam all the time, and yeah. there's like a huge uh, community uh, creation space uh, on youtube like one of those
2: truck simulator things like Euro truck where it's like they secretly have a lot of people
1: yes absolutely that's exactly the case with with this franchise so i I hope that they're able to like reap some of that reward because it seems like expeditions could be very good at least i hope it is all right uh insomniac calls this week's layoffs a solemn and unprecedented moment for the studio this is from tom ivan at vgc Insomniac Games has released a public statement in response to layoffs at the studio announced this week by parent company Sony Interactive Entertainment. PlayStation said on Tuesday that it plans to lay off 900 employees worldwide, or about 8% of its workforce. The move will include, include staff cuts at Spider-Man Studio, Insomniac, and Last of Us developer Naughty Dog in the United States. PlayStation's London studio, meanwhile, being shut down. Um, Like several other teams across SIE and PlayStation studios, Insomniac Games was impacted by yesterday's layoffs. The company said in a message published to Twitter, there are no sufficient words to express our feelings about it. This is a solemn and unprecedented, unprecedented moment for our studio. We are focusing our energy on helping everyone affected through this challenging time. For those who are hiring, there are great people seeking new roles who made important contributions to Insomniac's history. We're extremely grateful for them and they will be missed. Um, this is, uh, you know, on, on the heels of Spider-Man 2 selling a, a huge number of copies out of the gate, being one of the best-selling games of last year, uh, and even they couldn't avoid this. We know that they are also the studio that has a number of massive games in the works, including, you know, a, a, a Expand Alone and Venom, Spider-Man 3, which they're planning to be over $300 million in terms of budget. Obviously, I think part of this is addressing that. We'll just have fewer, peoples, fewer people make that massive game as if that's how that works. They're making the X-Men games. There will be multiple X-Men games. These are all, this all out of the Insomniac leaks. Um, this is a studio that is, uh, you know, a keystone for the PlayStation strategy. And yet they're like, hey, yeah, but we need you to do more with less. And I, I get when people see that, like, how does this not feel like something is crashing down here, right?
2: Yeah, like when, when a studio as as we see them, at least, which I I think we're not wrong in this, as successful as Insomniac, who has been propped up so much as kind of the reason to own a PS5 is the Insomniac games, you know, the Spider-Mens, the uh, Ratchet and Clank's that they're playing on and stuff like that. The fact that even they could be affected by something like this is just a sign of... <laughs> Again, to sound like a broken record, everything we've been talking about this episode, just the system being off and something being wrong here, and maybe poor judgment calls being made on all of this.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, and, it, uh, you know, I've seen some tweets from people who work in Insomniac who have, like, been back in the office uh, uh, since th- this happened. And they're like, oh, it, now it's, it's like hitting me, like looking around how many people are gone, how many key people that were important to this studio are gone. And we talk about the brain drain. Of people who are uh, carrying knowledge around leaving the industry well there, a lot of them are, are being laid off but you gotta imagine if you're still you know you, if you're getting that survivorship guilt uh it, like that's got to feel terrible as well why wouldn't you maybe start looking around for something that is more sturdy and start leaving the industry after feeling this way after putting out a game that conquered the world uh you yeah. should not You like you're like wait we did our part we made a game that's incredible and sold Why are we now feeling like we're getting punished? Which how how else do you read this other than a punishment? I I I don't know
2: exactly. Yeah, just man, it's frustrating because, and we know how expensive like the Spider Man IP is and everything like that. And so maybe the games just yeah aren't making the money that they're looking for and everything like that. But I mean, the people who are affected by this are not the ones ultimately making the shots in all this so the fact that they're the ones who are getting slapped in the face and i was like hey congrats you did a great job hit kick rocks you know hit the bricks like yep eh, it feels messed
1: up 505 Games is closing offices in Germany, Spain, and France. This is from Tom Henderson at at Insider Gaming. Just to clarify, this is referring to the actual physical offices. A new report has revealed that 505 Games will be closing its offices in Germany, Spain, and France. The news comes as part of the company's ongoing restructuring process that started last year. The report, which comes courtesy of Game Reactor, states that although several offices are closing, it's believed that the number of affected employees is around 10 so there are infected employees, obviously people who are like you, they pay to maintain these, these offices. They're not going to, they probably weren't going to keep them up aboard, but it seems like they're keeping most of the staff that make the games. Not that that is somehow it makes it better that 10 people are losing their jobs. Um, this yeah. is uh, something we're seeing a little bit more frequently as well. Some companies like thinking about, Hey, we pay a lot in real estate costs, so, you know, whether it's renting or, or however they, they acquire these, these actual physical locations, uh, more and more studios are going remote, although we heard like Rockstar is like demanding people go back to into the office this week, things like that. Of course they would. Of course they would, right? Um, but it's like still many studios are, you know, that new David vondahar studio, the guy that was at Treyarch for a very long time, he started up a, a studio in Los Angeles and then very quickly in the next sentence, they're like, and this is going to be a remote-based studio. And it's like, of course <laughs> it is because they're not going to pay Los Angeles game developer fees for a brand new studio no. across the board. And so when you start thinking in that way, you start thinking, hey, these studio and offices are maybe not necessarily worth it. Uh, so th- this will probably keep happening as well. This does, like, you know, it, is this, like, a bad sign for the games industry? It's, like, not necessarily, but this does speak to, like, the sort of um, downward spiral, spiral that can happen. It's, like, well, you know, real estate, uh, uh, commercial real estate experiences a crash, and does that, like, seep over into other spaces? It's, like, yeah, that's not the video gaming industry's responsibility, but, they're, like, there are... Exterior market forces that can still have drastic effects on gaming going forward, and this might be an early leading indicator that we're heading that way. We'll see.
2: Yeah, and may, hey, maybe I'm a bit biased here, but I think some companies can do some pretty cool stuff working <laughs> primarily from home. I you
1: might be onto something there. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remedy secures its connected universe by taking control of control. This comes yeah. from Darren Bontius at Gamespot. Remedy Entertainment has officially announced that it has acquired the full rights to the Control franchise from 505 Games. The new, new deal will give Remedy the full rights to Control, its upcoming sequel, and the multiplayer spinoff codenamed Condor, with all the publishing, distribution, marketing, and other rights licensed to 505 Games reverting back to the developer. As part of Remedy's long-term strategy to have more ownership over our business and the IPs we have created, we have gotten back all the rights for Control and the in-development Condor and Control 2, Remedy said, um, this is cool. They, I think they paid about 17 million dollars, I believe is what the, the number was. Um, okay. you know, the deal is valued at 18.4 million dollars, I think they're saying. Uh, this, hey, this is very cool. It seems like this is remedy saying, Hey, we have we believe in what we've made and we are fully investing in the future of it. Um, uh, Alan Wake 2 did, I uh, think, okay by some measures. Maybe people were expecting to do a little bit better. It was luck to Epic, I'm sure they had some effect. I think, as far as everybody's concerned, they're like that was our fastest-selling game, I, and they're like, I bet our next game is going to sell even faster. So why wouldn't we go all in and bet on ourselves? I think this is a good sign of like, hey, there are spaces in the industry where people are still like able to bet on themselves and maybe see that through, and hopefully we can get more of that, right?
2: Yeah, and I'm always a big fan of developers taking their IP back from a publisher where necessary or just otherwise having full ownership over the creations that they make. Because then, like you know, the headline says here, it just allows them to have better control over... Uh, the things that they want to do, especially with the remedy of connecting one game to another and having this whole, you know, the cinematic universe type thing going on. It's all, it's fun. It's very fun. And so this allows them to do that easier. And then also later down the line, you know, do re-releases or modifications or whatever better. Hey, that's a good thing, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Uh, Speaking of headlines, Jeff, what the hell's going on with like the overlay? Is that...
1: Did you um, change that yet? I do. Does something happen? New studies suggest kids are experience of social pressure. Do I end game? Yeah, I did not. I'm not updating that, so I can just turn that off. Let's just do that. Okay, yeah. Let's do that. Sorry about that, everybody. That's got to be confusing. Uh, Jan is out today, so in case you're wondering why everything's broken, that's why. Yeah. Um. All right, let's see here. Neil Druckmann doesn't think he has many large games left in him. This is from Alex Hopley at Game Reactor. It seems like The Last of Us's game director Neil Druckmann is finding himself in a uh, finding himself a bit long in the tooth. Talking recently on the Logically Speaking podcast with artist Logic, Druckmann revealed that he might not take, might not have a, a lot of games left in him. In the video, he says at around the 49 minute mark, uh, "I don't see myself doing this forever at this scale. It's a lot and it takes a lot out of you. It's very stressful to manage that many people in multiple studios worldwide. I could see myself transitioning to something that's more low key." That still allows me to have a creative outlet, but I've started thinking about how many more of these games I have in me, and it's not that many. Corey Barlog on Twitter said, big same for him as well, the God of War director. Um, Of course they feel this way. Human beings were not meant to manage massive uh, uh, teams across multiple continents. Many people whose faces you don't always see. Now, you know, we're talking about r- remote being good. Like, that's not what I'm saying there. I'm saying, like, you can only keep so many people in your head at one time. And when you have a team of 1,500 people, that begins to feel so, you feel so removed from that. It's It's got to be hard not to disassociate in some ways. I bet that that stress is real. And to have that stress stretching over five to six years and now looking ahead at the promise of maybe that's going to start stretching to six to seven years Really, how many more times can you promise yourself you're going to be able to do that? Like, you have, you're really going to commit yourself to doing that three more times. So I'm going to start a new trilogy. That's going to be the next 25 years of your life. That's crazy. No, no, I would, I yeah. don't blame these creators for feeling this way. Bye, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh, cory though come on cory right. Corey, cory i care about
2: cory's clearly an actual like director <laughs> that i really respect here and yeah, would listen, be sad I, to
1: see him go but yeah they'll me, get fucked uh, yeah for, for real yeah but... it, like
2: <laughs> what you always am um, be real jeff if if he's in part of the reason why naughty dogs where they're at right now later dude <laughs>
1: but, yeah Right. I mean, I don't. Maybe it is. It's hard to be left for me. It's like yeah, ah, we, just we like, can't
2: just play that thing. Phantom I mean, it One just, feels like just joking it around a little bit. the thing it did, but... sort of
1: like, like because it, it was always like destined to like sort of get to the space of like, oh, we can make these games so big, and then you look around and like, oh my god, we are now in this situation. We can't look back. um I don't know. It, it kind of feels like something that would be hard to control. Uh, but yeah, regardless, definitely, yeah, fuck them. Um, I i bet a lot of creators though are feeling this way uh even people not neil, named neil Druckmann, uh where it is yeah
2: it's, it's just that they and you mentioned this earlier everyone's sort of just you know not feeling amazing about gaming in general so i'm sure like anybody in any position but especially those at the top who do legitimately have a decent amount of pressure put on them are probably like man i don't, I don't know how much more of this i want to do i get it like I, I totally get it and so you know what sure get get out if you're not feeling it
1: yep I and, and, and once again speaks to the unsustainable that we reference constantly. Uh, Yuzu devs responded. uh, They didn't say much. Legally, they feel like they can't say much, but (laughs) Steven Totillo points out that via their Discord, Yuzu is telling its concerned community, quote, we do not know anything other than what's in the public filing, and we are not able to to discuss the matter at this time.
2: Oh, so they do know about Shut the Fuck Up Friday. They can (laughs) practice that,
1: huh? Uh, It took (laughs) them a while to learn about it, but here we are. Um, Yeah. I, if anything, the biggest lesson to come out of this is going to be you—you you are not safe in your di- little Discord. Like you no. are, like your the lawyers are there. They are in the building. Um, yeah, I, I, I mostly put this here to have, give you a chance because I, I know you follow this stuff a little bit. But uh, uh, when I look at like what's happening here, my my, my hunch is this is not going to actually go to court. But Nintendo is prepared to go to court if they need to, and they yeah. pr- they feel like. While they have struggled to have these fights work against emulators in the past, uh, they think that they might have something with the current way that the DMCA works and functions that most judges will immediately glom onto, like, yeah, that does seem like it is skirting up enough that we could say that this is violating the DMCA's, you know, rules about encryption. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Uh, well, well, first of all, the, the big problem here with Yuzu is that, like, if people don't know what we're referencing, they've said too much in several different places, including in their Discord. Like, yes, they they kind of got cocky. Maybe I've seen certain messages flowing around and stuff like that where I'm like, yo, you can't say that. This is, <laughs> this, this is a public Discord. This like, isn't e- we, even we, if it was
1: locked down, like, someone would find this. We like, all get the like the wink and the nod that people do when they're like, and and you can't use. Oh, you can't use pirated ROMs. You got to use your backups. Like, when you buy like a, a device and it says something like yeah. uh, the stuff that, like, Analog Pocket? Like, they're always like, "Hey, no, well you got to use some real cartridges with this." And then they eventually put out something, but it's like you can you got to use your backups to play to use this f- special firmware that's going to enable you to use use pirated stuff. But they do the wink and the nod, and nowhere yeah. in their official materials does it suggest that you should be using pirated stuff. And, and if it does, it says don't do that. And right. there's a reason. It's specifically to avoid this situation that Yuzu finds itself in.
2: Yeah, but then you can't say in whispers. Actually, actually, here's where you get the goods. Right. Like, you can't do anything even remotely
1: like that. I mean, at least we, uh, we see this from other um, uh, uh, emulators where they're like, "Man, we're just not, don't ask where the BIOS is. We're not going to tell you. You exactly. have Google. Go fucking." They, find they'll
2: it. literally tell you, like, you use your search engine to figure it out exactly because they don't want to touch that. And this thing. This thing was always risky because, first of all, emulators are good. Everyone listening, I I want you to know emulators. If you were to ask
1: them about them selling video games (laughs) that use emulators.
2: (laughs) Exactly. When they use emulators, it's good stuff. When someone else uses an emulator, it's a piece of software that allows people to use illegally pirated software. Oh, fuck off, Nintendo. But the thing about emulators are, first of all, This is preservation like video games are preserved through DRM free copies of PC games and emulation of console games. The problem with this is that they have an emulator that can play commercially ready, uh, like available games. You can go into a store, you can buy a Switch game, and then that can be played on Yuzu. Here's the thing, though. Let's be real with ourselves. Most people aren't doing that. Absolutely. Most people are pirating software using on yuzu listen that's on them that's not on the emulator people but what that means is that that's how most people are going to use your emulator you can't say a single goddamn word about that you just have to be like this is an educational thing this is a preservation thing you know someday in the future our software will be very helpful for you playing these games after your hardware breaks down your legally acquired software just shut The hell up about otherwise, and that's how retro emulators get away with, and why Nintendo won't go after just like a random Super Nintendo emulator. Why? Because they're not specifically in the business of selling you an individual game that you might go on a ROM site and acquire. And guess what? You can't you can't buy that in any way, shape, or form legally without just giving money to someone else. So they they and they know that, so they don't care. It's only when it's like they have a smoking gun, they have the gotcha where they be like, oh no no you you messed up we're gonna shut you down right now or in a case like this where your software is does let's again let's be real is being used to circumvent uh just pop the system just buying your freaking games. Yeah, so, I mean, like, and, and the
1: fact that like nintendo was able to get like uh, they called it like telemetry data data i didn't look into like what exactly what this was but they're like no Yuzu just straight up said their most the most played game was tears of the kingdom it's like so yeah. they're keeping track of it and they know how it's being used and they're kind of touting that um, yeah, and th- you know they, they even talk about it on like Twitter. I follow her Twitter account. They they say way too much on Twitter, dude. Yeah, I mean th- th- yeah. this this is a case of they really did not abide. Shut the fuck up, Friday, and they are paying. They're yes. going to pay for it. Um, and you know th- this does not mean that they are one hundred percent guaranteed guilty of something. There, this will have to be heard out, and the judge will have to determine what side of the line this falls onto. But very easily it could fall onto this is a violation of the MCA, even if it is just like. Uh, I you know I said this yesterday like oh freedom of speech we're just telling people like you could argue you could try to argue that uh, the the DMCA is those could be like well that's not what we're talking about here you you are if you are facilitating people to violate the the copyright uh, you're gonna get smacked down a little bit so yeah we'll see um they probably just pull yuzu off of like their website. And just like make it go on, like it existing torrents going forward and stuff like that. And they yeah, may, to make...
2: maybe Yuzu just stops for now. I right, so. there's a little bit more but... friction
1: between people and getting stuff running, and that's Nintendo. Will be like, okay, we'll accept that.
2: If only there were another switch emulator around. Hmm. Anyways, you shut,
1: you shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, uh, Sega appoints ex Disney executive as head of transmedia. This is from Dean Takashi over at GamesBeat. Sega announced it has appointed Justin Scarpone, a former executive at Disney and Scopely, as head of its transmedia efforts. He will be executive vice president and head of global transmedia group effective April 1st, 2024. The establish of, establishment of a global transmedia group will allow the company to advance its transmedia strategy across its wide portfolio of intellectual properties such as Persona, Like a Dragon, Angry Birds, and more In the company, in the coming years, the company said. Uh, yeah, listen, I get the, you had some success with Sonic. Um, the the There's a lot of thirst in Hollywood for video game IP to take chances on with new movies. Um, so getting someone to facilitate that and make sure that Sega gets the best deal with all those things is good. Um, Sega is definitely a company that feels like it is up and down a lot. Um, you know, I, I definitely hearing that it's it's still having a lot of struggles coming off of last year. Um, that could manifest as maybe more layoffs. We'll see. Hopefully not. Um, they clearly just had some good games with Persona and Like a Dragon mm-hmm. that sold very well. Maybe that stymies some of that. Um, but them finding other ways to make revenue from, from IP that, that, like Sonic, you know, they, the, the good thing with Sonic is, hey, that the last Sonic game didn't do very well for whatever reason. I, I think it's because, it, it, you know, it's not very exciting. It wasn't oh, great. Superstars <laughs> Superstars. I was like, wait you Frontiers did okay. Oh, yeah. right. Superstars. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> and so I mean, when a game like comes that and sort of is just like this, this nothingness fart that comes out and people ignore it. Well, listen, Sonic is bigger than the video games now, and they are able oh, to yeah. capitalize on that. And that's, that's where they kind of want to get with some of these other IP as well. And really, ideally, you're in a situation where it's like, well, every persona game is selling better than the last persona game. And now there's a ton of cool Persona media that people can engage with and get even more excited about it. And that gets them buying even more games. That's the ideal scenario. But even having a fallback where it's like, maybe the games aren't doing as well. I'm not saying Persona, just, you know, some other game. Well, there's still power to the IP and we can make money from, from it in other ways. This seems like a good safety net that all these companies are looking to have. And I think for Sega, it makes some sense.
2: Yeah, I think they have the IPs to go for. it, And as discussed here, there's obvious ways to do this just make more persona anime make a you know like a dragon drama or whatever make an angry birds kids show or whatever you know like there's easy ways to do this so i think i think ultimately like you know pe- people bristle at the at the term transmedia and stuff like that like oh oh no what, what sort of like crappy netflix thing are we gonna get now but i think i think this could be good like i think so it's portfolio back up well i want to know jeff is i think scarpone is
1: I, I'm going to say Scarponi's Italian, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, and and uh, we could tell You that. never know, right? It's impossible to know. Uh, it's right. uh, definitely impossible. Uh, ask our friend Dan Reichert. <laughs> uh, all right. That does it for the news. I got a poll question. I'm going to get to that here in a second. But before I do that, Sean, tell people where they can find you on the internet, what you have going on. And then we'll get to all the giant bomb stuff as well.
2: Sure, yeah, you can find me on Twitter.com as uh, TurboShawn underscore. You can find me as just TurboShawn, S-H-A-W-N, everywhere else. And, of course, uh, I'm doing stuff here. Uh, today, I'm filling in for Jan. So you can, if, you're, if you're watching a giant bomb show or listening to it later, uh, hey, hi, I, I did that. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope you'll like it. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, I know today was a bit of a bummer. So I got something for you and everyone. Yeah, please, this, I okay? welcome it. Everybody listening to this, watching this right now, watching, listening later, do me a favor. Okay, open up a new window or a new tab. Don't don't close the stream. We'll know. We'll know. <laughs> yes, I will. Open know. up a new window or a new tab. Okay. Go to google.com and type in Chocobo. C H O C O B O.
1: I expect this to be completely reasonable. Um, I've done it.
2: You should see a little button at the bottom. Oh, I do. Uh give that few clicks.
1: Maybe give it a lock. Ah! Whoa! Okay, hang on. <laughs> oh, let me, uh, let's, just do, let's just do this on stream. Okay, okay. There okay. we go. Yeah,
2: let the people see. Let the people see what's going on. Yeah, here. Me... It, it is It is Final Fantasy set of rebirth uh, launch day, everyone. So Square Enix uh, cooked up a little something. You know, they, some of these Google doodles are, uh, are pretty
1: cute. I like this one, of course. All right, there's the button. There's the button, everybody. All right, I'm going to click it.
2: Yeah, click that button. Click that button.
1: Again. There they come! Holy crap! That's a lot of so many chocobos. I did just introduce my um my kid. She was playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm like, "Hey, go go go! Cut that chicken! Go hit that chicken with a sword!" And she she was <laughs> like, "No!" So I did it, and then I got attacked, and she was just losing her mind. It was the best thing she had ever seen. Well, hey, she's like, like, "That's why you don't attack the chicken." <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Well, lesson learned." But I'm like, "This happens in every Zelda game," and she's like, "All right, well, I got to look into that." So pretty cool. Uh, all right. Let's see, here we are. The poll question, the aforementioned poll question. Have you used Yuzu to play commercial games? I asked this yesterday here on Game Mess Mornings. 10% say yes. 41% say no. You're probably wondering, hey, where's the other 49%? And they said, what are you, a cop? What are you, a cop? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, hey, t- t- 1 in 10, though. Just straight up like very honest people. They or just don't give a hell. Uh go and do that Yeah, one in ten people are in that Discord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one in ten people are gonna get Yuzu in trouble with Nintendo mm. and the law. Uh yeah. Hey, I, I I Yuzu is definitely um the kind of thing where it's like a lot of people, a lot more people are using it than maybe you realize, and yet it's still not yeah. like everywhere. It's not like like clearly because 20 million people still bought Tears of the Kingdom. So Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, new poll question. What did I say I was going to ask? Oh, yes, that's right. In general, are you losing interest in video games? No, I'm still I still enjoy gaming as much as ever. Or yes, I'm spending more time and money on other hobbies. So uh, the, the negative there uh, says that you do still care about video games. Just like I want to just gauge us. Uh, like p- obviously, I think people listening to the show are going to mostly be like, "Hey, no, I'm still into games." But just like search your soul a little bit. Let's talk about this. Let's see if anyone's like looking around like hey, I'm, I'm primarily primarily a PlayStation player, and they said they weren't going to have any games in the franchises I love for the next fiscal year. Well, yeah, that's, that Final Fantasy game's coming out, so I bet you still have something to look forward to, so we we'll Looking
2: for all their hobbies, the Pokemon Train card game is bigger oh, than ever, and we got How a new game. You're you not up allowed to use this platform
1: you. for your evilness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have happening on Giant Bomb? Uh, I'm probably going to try to play some Arzette. I got to move this around since like we got a little bit less time before now in Voicemail Dump Truck, but I have enough time to get in there and play some of it. Uh, maybe won't finish it like I thought I might, but we'll see. Uh, I'll make that happen. I'm going to go upstairs, feed the kid, and then we'll check on that. Um, other than that, Voicemail Dump Truck will happen later today. We're going to have Ben Hansen and Haley from MinMax. They're going to be coming on I the can. show. It's going to be a good time. Uh, tomorrow, UPF will happen. I am going to start... Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. <laughs> not, not from the very beginning, but from where the what? demo from where the demo ends, because everyone can play the demo, right? Uh, or, oh, but listen, hey, if you think I should play it from the very beginning, I will.
2: Have you played that section yet?
1: No. Well, was, then you was, need to play it. Well, I was going to do it. I was going to do it tonight, and then I started on because this is what Mike no, said. No, 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 no. We okay. we we gotta see your reaction to certain things. Okay, fantastic. All right, great. Then I will play it from the very beginning. So look out not for right. that uh anything else oh no no bcr this week mostly because jan's out but also i'll, I'll spend a little bit extra time playing that final fantasy 7 uh content tomorrow so yeah we're handcuffing him to the chair he's exactly he's not leaving. right yeah. so everyone can get a, a good look at that um maybe during your work day all right you're right never listen to mike mike mike's so sure of like when he like has an idea is like this is what the chat wants and it's like yeah maybe not <laughs> oh, I mean, oh I, mean, I, I mean mike's always right <laughs> Shit, he's right there damn it <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for spending today talking with me about video games. I really appreciate it, man.
2: Anytime, Jeff. Always a pleasure. Come on.
1: Thank you all for listening. You're the best audience in gaming. We'll get through all of this together, everybody. Until next time, have a good one. Take care of yourself, and goodbye.